This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, January 7th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, Sheriff Masters to seek re-election, a day in the life of a minor with Fintan Cole, resolutions for 2022, and a mountain weather forecast. Sheriff Bill Masters will be seeking re-election this November. Masters announced his intention to run on Friday. It's the the greatest job on earth. Uh, You can't uh, have a better job than being the the sheriff of San Miguel County. And um, it's been so good to me. And the community's been so uh, supportive. And my staff, I have such a great staff. Um, everything is just working really well, and I'm really excited about some new uh, things that we're, we're uh, trying to do to, to make our services better. Masters was elected sheriff of San Miguel County in 1980 and has served in the position for the last 42 years. If he wins re-election, he will become the longest-serving sheriff in Colorado history. But he notes he wants voters to focus on the future rather than his past achievements. Don't look at the past uh, uh, to to make their judgment call. I would say look into the future and, and see can what can Bill do for us and, and our county in, in the future, in the coming four years. Masters points to San Miguel's mental health co-responder program and a new search and rescue helicopter due to be operational this summer as highlights of serving the community with, quote, increased efficiency and humanity. Having served as sheriff for the last four decades, Masters says he's not one for retirement and is keen to continue serving for as long as he's able. As long as I'm physically able to do the job and and, and obviously mental, mentally capable to do it, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing it. And obviously, the ultimate judges of that is uh, the citizens of San Miguel County, whether they get tired of me or not. And uh, I hope hopefully they're not. And I'll um. I'm going to keep keep being uh, their sheriff uh, for as long as they'll have me. Masters is currently the only candidate to officially announce running for sheriff in San Miguel County. The race for sheriff will be determined in the November 2022 general election. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. The tables are turning on a day in the life of a minor. This week, Telluride High School's Finton Cole turns the mic towards Kodo News itself. Have a listen. This is Finton Cole on your day in the life of a minor update. I'm here with Kodo Radio broadcaster Julia Caulfield today. Julia, what was your experience with broadcasting? Well, so I got started in radio actually i had just graduated from a master's degree and while i was doing that i came to kind of the realization that i really wanted to work in radio and so i actually i moved to boulder colorado and worked at the community radio station up there called kgnu and that's how i got started in it a couple years later i got the job here at Kodo, and i moved out here to report the news for san miguel county and and beyond What made you decide to move to Telluride? So I actually moved to Telluride for the job at Kodo. I was living in Seattle at the time, and I saw a job posting for the reporter position at Kodo, and 
Um, I had heard of it before, actually, because when I was living in Boulder, so I knew of the station and I had heard that it was great. Didn't really know anything about Telluride, but just decided to pick up and drive out here. And that was, what, three years ago. And I'm so happy that I did. Where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Fairbanks, Alaska. So it's right up in the interior part of the state. It's actually interesting. Um, it kind of reminds me of Telluride a bit in terms of the environment, uh, not because it's so high in elevation, but just because it's so far north. So it's also really dry. You get a lot of snow in the winter, warm summers, and a lot of aspen and birch trees. So it's, it's similar, it kind of feels like home. How many years have you been broadcasting? So I've been broadcasting at Kodo for three years, and then I was working at a couple different other radio stations in Colorado and then also in Alaska for about a year. So in total, it's been about four years. Thank you for your time to be interviewed. I'm Fintan Cole. Wait, hold on. Where did you go to college? I did my undergraduate degree. I got a bachelor's in political science at Western Washington University, and then I have a master's degree in applied theater from the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama in London. Thank you for your time to be interviewed. I'm Fintan Cole reporting live from Telrad High School, and we'll see you next week. For some, January is a time to make changes for the year ahead. Do less of something, more of others, or maybe just keep things as they are. As the first week of the year draws to a close, KOTO's Matt Hoish hit the streets of Telluride to get a sense of what people's New Year's resolutions are for 2022. Eat healthier and exercise more. I resolve to not waste any time. My New Year's resolution from Hippie Field would be to bring back Ghost Town. My name's Basil Orr. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Diane Powell. Becky Boehm. My New Year's resolution is just to help people share more and keep in that holiday spirit all year round. Mine is to write a random letter once a month to someone just to tell them I love them. Uh, my New Year's resolution is to rest more. I feel like I'm constantly someone who wants to be doing things all the time and rest is just an, as important as doing things. My name is Aubrey Mabel. Test click. Michael Batty. Use resolution. I guess uh, to play my instrument more. Like I, like I got a guitar and I used to play all the time, and I need to start playing again. You know. Be nicer to people. Say say hello to more people. Encourage people to be uh, be more grateful that they're even here. I'm Ned Powell. My name is Miguel Segura. Just you know, make more money. You know, provide for my family and be able to live a more comfortable lifestyle. To not work as much. <laughs> Constantly working. Uh, no, spend some more time with my family. Give up a little work to spend time with the family. I think that would be it. I'm Justin Chup. Annie Canning. <laughs> my resolution is to have better posture. <laughs> it's a random one. Um, so I feel like I have pretty bad posture and I feel like it'll eventually catch up with me. So, <laughs> trying to work on it. <laughs> my name is Lily Ellison and I make soap. So my New Year's resolution is to spread the love, not the germs, you know? Tommy Hine. You know, I'm careful not to do resolutions. I, I like to live for today, stay in the moment. A good New Year's resolution would be self-care. Love yourself so you can love others. John Miller, to have a better year. I mean, how much, 
how much <laughs> after 21 what can 22 throw at us so just being ready for everything just being ready for the world <laughs> For those zipping down mountains on skis or a snowboard, the possibility of accident and injury is always lurking. But this year, the Telluride Ski Resort is working to alleviate some of the potential fear and financial stress that comes from an injury. It was made clear to us that including accidental injury insurance with the purchase of any lift ticket or season pass product would be a real a real benefit to the guest um, and and also a real, a real kind of simple way of, of adding value to our product segments. That's Carson Taylor, director of Mountain Sales at Telski. For the first winter, every skier who buys a lift ticket at the resort or has a season pass will have accident insurance through Spot, a subscription insurance model that covers up to $25,000 in medical bills per injury. Here's Matt Randall, CEO at Spot. Fundamentally, our hope and our goal with what we're doing with Spot is allowing people to live their most full life, their best life, knowing that if anything were to happen to them related to injuries, we'll cover their medical bills. Taylor says the decision to include accident insurance to a lift ticket is one piece of a shifting mindset within the ski industry. Maybe a decade or more ago, it wasn't common for anyone in the ski space to to disclose on a marketing or communication level the inherent risk of skiing and snowboarding, right? It was just a kind of a no-no. And now, you know, we've transitioned away from that and we have the support from our ownership team. And, and generally speaking, the ski space as a whole is being a lot more honest with their consumer base about, hey, you know what, skiing and snowboarding is extremely fun, highly sought after, and will continue to be so. However, it is inherently dangerous, and we want to go ahead and own up to that and be honest with our customers about that. Randall agrees, noting he sees the company continuing to grow. What I truly believe will happen in a short period of time is we'll be live on close to probably, I would say, 18 to 20 ski resorts this year. And you know, my, my assumption is by 75 to 100 next year, um, knowing it's going to become kind of this offering that uh, resorts need to give, not just want to give. Of course, Telski isn't providing the insurance purely out of the goodness of its heart. According to Taylor, the cost of the subscription is passed along to the consumer. But he adds, in the grand scheme, cost is nominal. At the end of the day, you're talking about you know a few dollars, you know, for for um, you know for a season pass product. It's it comes down to literally less than a dollar a day over the course of a 120 day or more season. And for lift tickets, it's, you know, a couple dollars a day in addition to what you would pay otherwise. So it's, it's reasonably speaking, quite, quite inexpensive. The coverage also only covers injury that happens on the mountain and during the ski season. But how does it work? Randall again. If you get injured that day while skiing or that season, um, you can be able to literally press a button that says file a claim. It takes about five minutes to be able to file a claim. You get connected directly with one of our customer care agents, um, and we're going to walk you through the process. It'll take you about five minutes to be able to file that claim. 
And um, hopefully you get paid out in a very, very short period of time. As COVID and an increased interest in outdoors pushes people into nature and sports like skiing, Taylor says he hopes spot can play a small role in lowering the barrier of entry for the recreation. We, we in Telluride still are seeking out uh, how to how to improve our or lessen the barrier to entry for that matter. And, and yeah, I do think that it's going to be, you know, a part of a part of skiing moving forward. And I, I also think, I think it, it puts across a really positive message to consumers uh, in that, that we do genuinely care about the, the safety and, and uh, livelihoods of our, of our consumer base. And, and that, you know, medical expenses are a real thing when they happen. And uh, this, this helps really diffuse those, uh, those stressors involved with, you know, five, 10, 15, $20,000 expenses out of pocket. Telski and Spot can't guarantee you won't crash on the mountain this year. But they do hope the cost of medical bills won't add insult to that injury. A best of list is no unusual sight at the end or beginning of a year. And this week, the Wilkinson Public Library shared its own with the most popular books of 2021. When it comes to fiction, the library says The Midnight Library by Matt Haig, The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna, and The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by W.E. Schwab take the top spots. Breath by James Nestor, Castle by Isabel Wilkerson, and Hidden Valley Road by Robert Kolker were the most popular nonfiction books. According to the library, top biographies were Untamed by Glennon Doyle, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, and Somebody's Daughter by Ashley C. Ford. Books in Spanish saw Dune by Frank Hebert, La Voz del Conocimiento by Miguel Ruiz, and Los Señores del Tiempo by Eva Garcia Sainz at the top. Top DVDs were Black Widow, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, and Yellowstone. And of course, a best of list from the Wilkinson Public Library wouldn't be complete without the most popular unusual items. Those were hot spots, storytime kits, and snowshoes. San Juan cutthroat trout may glisten on their own, and now they're getting a shot at the silver screen. The recovery of the fish following Durango's 416 fire in 2018 is the subject of a new documentary called The Fish and the Flame. The 14-minute short follows Jim White, an aquatic biologist with Colorado Parks and Wildlife, saving the fish following the fire that threatened to decimate the species. Cutthroat trout were believed to be extinct until 2018. When the 416 fire burned through the watershed, home to one of the few populations of cutthroat, and flushed toxic chemicals into the stream, White, along with crews from CPW and the U.S. Forest Service, hiked into small remote creeks and saved 58 fish, bringing them to the Durango Fish Hatchery. The recovery isn't over yet, and CPW continues to restore San Juan cutthroat trout to streams in the San Juan River Basin. CBW will host a free virtual screening of The Fish and the Flame on Monday, January 10th at 5 p.m. There will be time for question and answer with White and others involved in the film following the screening. To register for the screening, go to wla.social slash fishflame dash register. A new study documents the rising mental health crisis in rural Western communities. KHOL's Will Walkie has more. Nearly half the respondents in the over 1,200-person survey say they were at least experiencing mild mental health problems in the first year of the pandemic. 
plus, almost 15% are exhibiting symptoms of serious psychological distress, like extreme restlessness, worry, and hopelessness. Tom Miller is a professor at the University of Oklahoma and a co-author of the paper. Basically, these results, I think, serve as kind of a cry for attention when it comes to what appears to be very serious issues of um, psychological distress across the rural West. The survey polled from non-metropolitan areas in 11 Western states and also looked at how COVID-19 affected respondents' economic and physical well-beings. Miller hopes policymakers look at this data as an argument for increasing resources for mental health in the region. The average rate of psychological distress nationwide before the pandemic was just 3 to 5 percent, 10 percent lower than what this survey found. And there's a lot of places in overall in the rural West that are really struggling and have been for a while. And so I think that's another reason why we're seeing these mental health impacts. I mean, even if this level of mental distress wasn't associated with COVID, it's still a huge problem. Over 13% of residents also said they were unemployed during the beginning of the pandemic. That's more than double the national average. But the authors say other sociological factors in the area, including social isolation and high cost of living, also could contribute to local mental health issues. I'm Will Walkie in Jackson, Wyoming. Colorado lawmakers are moving ahead with plans to return to the Capitol in person next week, despite a surge of coronavirus infections. KOTO Scott Franz has more on safety measures in the works. The plexiglass barriers are not coming back, but lawmakers can participate remotely. Visitors will once again have to wear masks inside the building. And Representative Denea Eskar says rapid tests will be available to lawmakers, staff, and people who come to the Capitol to testify. We're definitely looking at the modeling every single day as as it's evolving and really just doing everything possible we can to keep the public, the staff, and lawmakers safe during session. Lawmakers delayed the start of last year's session because of a spike in coronavirus cases. Eskar says there are no plans to do that again, but they are not taking any options off the table. I'm Scott Franz at the State Capitol. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a 20% chance of snow showers tonight, with a low around 25 degrees. Saturday's snow showers are likely with mostly cloudy skies. The high is in the mid-30s during the day, with a low around 15 at night. Sunday should be sunny with a high around 35 degrees. Sunday night calls for mostly clear skies, with a low around 15. This has been the news for Friday, January 7th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.